This is Sportsnet Today with Julian McKenzie on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet Today. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Julian McKenzie here. Logan Gordon out for today. He'll be back next week. If you missed out on the first hour of our great show, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to Sportsnet 960. We podcast these episodes. You can listen back to our first hour where myself and Shan Vergee, we went in on the Flames 5-2 loss to Columbus and Oliver Shillington's return to the lineup after 20 months away due to personal reasons. Mark Lazarus from The Athletic was just on with us to talk Chicago and Hockey Canada as well. Corey Perry also mentioned in that conversation. Still got another hour to go before we hit the weekend. Do you guys not get tired playing this song for me? Never. Not at all. Never, ever. Kenzie Weger's goal song, which I'm sure you guys knew too. It's a very good goal song. Gee, I, I wonder why uh, the they would use the song from Mackenzie Weger in for me. Anyway. The Mac? Yeah, I, I, I think it's gotta be something about that. Something about the Mac, I guess. We'll figure it out. We go from Mac to Matt. From Sportsnet. Uh, he's on with us on Fridays, every Friday on Sportsnet today to talk NFL. Uh, I need to give him a moment at the beginning of this because last week he was really he was really hopeful for his Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, it did not work out for the Buffalo Bills. Matt Marchese on with us here on Sportsnet Today 960. Matt, I know it's been a couple of days. How are you feeling? Uh, I've already buried the body, and I have done my bereavement, and I'm ready to be hurt again. How about that? Matt, here's what I'm going to do, okay? (laughs) I'm going to give you the space to feel how you want to feel. Matt Marchese, the host of the Fan Checkdown on Sportsnet, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just let out let out all of your feelings. The Buffalo Bills losing in the divisional round on a missed field goal from Tyler Bass, wide right. The floor is yours. So I'm watching the game, and, and people that listen to the Checkdown heard me talk about this. I'm watching the game. And I'm watching that drive, the last Bills drive, and I'm like, okay, they're doing this properly. They're using the short passing game. They're really kind of, you know, they use Josh Allen. They're killing the clock, and and it's going to be a long, sustained drive, and don't leave enough time for Patrick Mahomes to go ahead and, and, you know, make a Patrick Mahomes-type drive to, to win a game. And then they get, like, inside the 20, and Josh Allen's going for the kill shot, and I'm going, this is not going to end well. It never does. And as soon as they're lining up for the field goal, I'm watching the game with my dad. And the reason why I am a Bill fan is because of my dad. So I love him for it, but there's a little bit of like, really? You couldn't pick anybody else? Um, And Tyler Bass lines up for the field goal. And I look at my brother, uh, who's younger than me and has not had to deal with as much heartbreak as I have. But we're watching it, and I they show the camera behind, like the, the long view. And I said to him, I know it's 44 yards, but that looks really far away. And my dad goes, I can't watch this. And sure enough, Tyler Bass hooks it. And in the moment, I'm really pissed off. And in in the following days, I was really pissed off, even at Tyler Bass. Um, But I'm also not an idiot. And people sending death threats. And the guy has to, like some, you know, Julian, people are the worst. Um, 
and we forget that these guys are human and it's not like they tried to lose that game. I'm pretty sure they would love to have won a Super Bowl. So after I, you know, I'm able to kind of, you know, sit back and reassess, I look at it and say, okay, they were a flawed team. They had a lot of injuries. If they didn't have the injuries on defense, maybe the game is a little bit different. Who knows? And to play that game is, is foolish. Um, but I look and say they're a flawed team. They did not have a legit deep threat receiver. Uh, their number one receiver may have been battling an injury. Uh, the idea of when you have Josh Allen and playing to not lose the game is the wrong mindset and something has to change. So I, I look and say they still have the quarterback. They've got some nice pieces in place and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the draft and free agency and also looking to see how Brandon Bean can manipulate the salary cap like everybody else does um, and see what they can do. They're going to have to hit on their draft picks. They're going to have to do a really good job with that. And they've, they've got to figure out a way to start investing in the investment that is Josh Allen and start getting him some guys that have talent. Like there was a comparison. I think it was Chris Sims. And he, he outlined since 2020 um, the Green Bay Packers and the investments that they've made in the first four rounds to wide receivers and tight ends compared to the Bills. And the Packers are way ahead in that number. And they've invested in the future for Jordan Love, whereas the, the Bills have really not in the first four rounds. So there, there's, got, there's got to be some... Um, look in the mirror moments for this front office and this coaching staff and figuring out what we've been doing has not worked and we need to do something else. But when you have the quarterback, uh, it does make things a little bit easier, um, but he's also got to make big plays in big moments and he has not quite done that yet. How big is that window for the championship window for Buffalo after the loss? Oh, uh, if it's not closed, it's real close. I mean, again, when you have this, you you know this because you've you've watched a lot of sports. You cover sports. The quarterback position is the most important in sports. Yes, because when you have an elite one, it makes such a big difference. And look no further than on the other side of the field. Patrick Mahomes doesn't really have you know a great wide receiver group to throw to. Yeah, he's got Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey is by football terms old. Uh, Rasheed Rice is still learning the pro game. Uh, and then he's got some other bums that were making plays. Um, so when you have the quarterback, it does make it easy, but game planning and, you know, learning how to be in the moment, I think is important. And I think there's still that opportunity when you have an elite, elitely talented quarterback, um, but they do have a lot of work to do. I don't think the window is shut, but it certainly has closed pretty significantly over the past two years. Okay. We'll keep on with Josh Allen here as he is named as one of the five NFL MVP finalists. He, alongside Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy, uh, nominated for the NFL MVP. Who do you think wins it? I think it, I think it has to be Lamar. When you look at the numbers that he put up, both through the air in a new offensive system, it's the most passing yards he's had in a season. It's not the most... Um, average per game that he's had, but it's the most that he's had in a season. Um, the turnovers were limited. He led his team to a, a, an AFC um, a conference uh, number one seed. 
He's now got his team, not that the playoffs matter, but he's gotten his team to the AFC championship game. And people will say, well, you know, he had an elite defense. Well, yeah, okay, fine. But Lamar still has to put up numbers and still has to play well. And I think the fact that he is doing this, you know, with a new offensive coordinator in a new offensive system, not completely new because they kept some of the same running schemes and, and, and how they, you know, use their running backs. Like that didn't change. And they're not going to say, you know, Lamar, you're going to throw the ball 40 times a game, but he still has to be really good. And his numbers were good. The other guys, like Lamar had maybe a couple of games where you're like, ah, that's not great. But the other guys, they just had probably too many, especially down the stretch. The one thing that I will say is that the MVP award has just kind of become who the quarterback on the best team is at the end of the regular season. That's kind of who has been getting the award. And that's the part to me that I think the mentality of the voters needs to change because there are no defensive players that win MVP. It's literally about the offense. I'm not saying that maybe there was a worthy candidate this year, but I think we need to, you know, it's kind of like, most valuable player or most outstanding player. And I'm not a big CFL guy, but that's one thing that they have gotten right is most outstanding player is what the name of the award should be. Or at this point, just make them offensive player of the year and be done with it. Like don't need this MVP thing. Um, I know it's great for everybody's mantle, but <laughs> so that that's kind of my, that's kind of my little pet peeve about the MVP. But to answer your question, I think it's Lamar. I don't think it's like going away Lamar. But I like Josh Allen probably will get first place votes because let's face it, he had a really good offensive season amidst an offensive coordinator change. If I'm not mistaken, he had over 40 total touchdowns and that's like four straight years. And nobody has ever done that in the NFL. It's an impressive, you know, thing that he did. The team was also out of the playoffs and I think they were in 12th place or 11th place in the AFC in week 12, got to the playoffs, won the division. I think there's something to be said for that. So I'd go Lamar one, probably uh, Josh Allen two, Christian McCaffrey three, uh, Brock Purdy four, Dak Prescott five. That would be my five in ranking. So you're, you're, you're not uh, part of the legion of fans who were very much on the Brock Purdy MVP train and you know people are trying to make up more than the game manager than he is. Not that there's anything wrong with being a game manager, but there's, like, there's a lot of people who look at him as a game manager and they're like, no, he's more than that. I had Brock Purdy as my MVP, I think, week thir- by week 13 or week 14. And he just went through a stretch where he just he wasn't good enough to be named the MVP. And that's kind of the issue that I had with it. Um, So, but I I think he, I think he's definitely there. I'm definitely not of the opinion that Brock Purdy cannot win you a football game because the narrative is when Brock, when the the Niners win and their offense is really good, it's because Kyle Shanahan's really good and guys are wide open. Um, And when they lose, it's because Brock Purdy sucked. Well, that's kind of a ridiculous narrative because if there was ever, you know, uh, the, the most complete team sport, it's football. It's the defense. It's the special teams. It's the offense. It's, you know, then get even further down the rabbit hole, the offensive line play and, you know, the, how the wider, there's so many different little things to put blame on Brock Purdy for games that they've lost is just because people don't want to give him credit. He's a good quarterback. Is he elite? No, but I think he's probably 
in that very good category. And he just has a different skill set. Like if we're talking about, you know, the very good category, like Justin Herbert's in the very good category. He's a totally different quarterback than Brock Purdy, but they both have these intangibles that put them in that category. So I don't think that, I, I think that if he went to another system, maybe he wouldn't have flourished. But Kyle Shanahan knows how to get the best out of most quarterbacks because he certainly didn't get that out of Trey Lance. But I think you can look at Brock Purdy and say, this guy's going to have like a 12 to 15 year NFL career as a starter. And that's saying a lot. Like there's so much turnover at the position. You know, we talked, we just talked about having the, you know, the really good or elite ones and how you don't let them go and, and you can win with that. Well, in Brock Purdy's case, there's also a learning curve here for him too. Nobody expected him to ever be an NFL quarterback, maybe a backup, but certainly not an every week starter and a very good one at that. So I think we need to start giving Brock Purdy credit for the things that he does and maybe not the things that he doesn't do. In conversation with Matt Marchese from Sportsnet, he hosts the Fan Checkdown Show on Sportsnet here. Uh, we're talking NFL with him on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I'm glad you mentioned the word credit, and I'm glad you mentioned Justin Herbert in your last answer. Uh, I'm just going to read this tweet here uh, off of your Twitter. Just remember who reported about Jim Harbaugh back in September about the interest from the Chargers and who <laughs> confirmed it. It was a done deal yesterday. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, fresh off a national championship with the University of Michigan at the collegiate level, takes the head coaching job of the L.A. Chargers. Before we get into uh, whether or not this makes sense for Justin Herbert and the franchise, how long was your victory lap? Uh, it was pretty good. It was certainly like a 24 hour thing because, you know, there are people that just tell you, Oh, you got lucky. You got, no, I had, I had someone close to the situation, like very close to the situation that told me what was going on. And so to say like, uh, people are just, again, we just had this, people are the worst. Um, so you kind of got to just let it, you know, roll off your back and whatever. But I, I did get a little petty. I'm not going to lie. And went back and I looked at some of those, tweets that called me an idiot or called me this, or you don't know what you're talking about. Even people afterwards still want to discredit you and say, you know, you, the, the best one is you got lucky. You threw a dart um, and it, and it hit. It's like, well, that dart was after week one and there's no benefit to getting it wrong. There's never a benefit to getting something like that wrong. Um, and I wasn't. So, I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, the victory lap was, was a little long, probably longer than it should have been, but I mean, not a lot of Canadian guys are going to get a scoop like that, have it, and then it come to fruition like it did. So um, I do have a lot of Chargers followers now on the, uh, on the X app. So, I mean, it, it, it has worked out uh, pretty well. But as for the fit, I think you look at Jim Harbaugh and you say, this guy's a winner. And what we tend to forget sometimes is he's been out of the NFL for a long time. I think 2015 was the last time he was on an NFL sideline with the Niners and he did everything he could in college. He, he won a national championship with Michigan, which let's face it. A lot of people have tried and have not succeeded. And there's going to be sanctions at Michigan. It was the right time for him to say, you know what? The college game is changing, which it is with all the NIL money. And not that I think that that's a bad thing. I think that college athletes should get paid because they make these colleges millions of dollars. But it's not the, you know, call it the old man's game. 
anymore, where you could just recruit the heck out of guys and it works for you. Um, but the fit with the Chargers is really interesting because I think the Chargers have a lot of talent. They were in a lot of football games, but they did not have the right guy at the helm. Brandon Staley, maybe one day Brandon Staley will be a good head coach and have this learning experience, and, and that's what he's going to thrive off of. But he was never good enough to be the guy. And ownership finally realized we need to pay up for a leader, someone with a track record, someone that the players will respect because they did not respect Brandon Staley at the end. We saw that game against the Raiders where they put up 63 points and basically the defense quit on Brandon Staley and bringing in Jim Harbaugh brings a fresh new set of eyes. It brings someone with cachet and it brings someone who, when we look at, at his time in the NFL has never had a quarterback with the arm talent that Justin Herbert does. That's just fact. And so I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think that he relishes the opportunity. And when you look at that AFC West, look at the coaches that are in there. Like Antonio Pierce. I love Antonio Pierce. We talked about this last week. I think it's the right hire, but he's looking up at these other guys and going, okay, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh. I get to play those guys six times a year. Like that really changes the the conversation. And you know what? If he has success against those guys, it's going to look a lot better on him. But I, I think it was the right time for Harbaugh. I think it's the right team for him to go to them. Tons of talent on both sides of the ball. He's going to hit the ground running there. And I, running being the, uh, the operative word, because I do think that they're going to invest in that position with, you know, whether it be draft capital or money and free agency, because Jim Harbaugh likes to run the football. And so I think that, I think it's going to be a good fit. I think it's going to take some of the pressure off of Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert does have a lot of pressure on him. He's a high draft pick. He's the savior of the franchise. He's getting paid a lot of money. And when Jim Harbaugh comes in, Jim Harbaugh is a star too. And so I think that will take a little bit off of Herbert's plate. And I think it's going to allow him to just play football. So I'm really curious to see Jim Harbaugh back on an NFL sideline and I really hope he brings the khakis with him. Um, you mentioned a ton of coaches just now. Uh, well, and, and there have been others around the league who have gotten jobs this offseason. Uh, you did mention Antonio Pierce getting to stay on uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Gerard Mayo uh, succeeding Bill Belichick in New England. We uh, also mentioned Harbaugh, of course. Uh, Dave Canales just got a job in Carolina, head coach of the Panthers. Raheem Morris, remember him when he was the young guy taking that opportunity? And now he returns to the NFL coaching, uh, well, as a head coach anyway, with the Atlanta Falcons. How is Bill Belichick still without a job? This to me is so interesting because I, I wonder about this. Like maybe he looked at these jobs and he said, you know what? None of these are going to get me closer to my ultimate goal, which is I want to be the all-time leader in wins. And maybe those teams didn't fit the bill. And that's where I wonder about the idea of him waiting for maybe it's the Cowboys. Like if, if the Cowboys get off to a rough start or the Eagles get off to a rough start, both of those GMs, and obviously Jerry Jones is the owner as well, which is part of the problem. But both of those guys and Jerry Jones and Howie Roseman, they want control. They want control of the roster. They want a lot of say in a lot of things that are going on. 
I do wonder if they get off the slow starts, if they fire one of the coaches that, you know, they come crawling to Bill Belichick and they say, how much and how much, how much money and how much control do you want? Because we need this. And I wonder if that's in the back of his mind. I also wonder about the idea of Bill Belichick taking a year off, maybe doing media, which I think would be fantastic. Like I know a lot of people, hundred percent, you're that right. That's crazy. I think he would be so good on TV. He, we saw a little glimpse of it when he did um, college game day. I think it was the Army Navy game, and he was, you know, he was telling stories with Pat McAfee, and he was making fun of Lee Corso, and so I think, I think there's part of that. And the other thing is, is what do we, what do they say? Um, I said it today on the show and I got it wrong, but basically I said, distance makes the heart grow fonder, but that's not what it is. It's absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so now everybody looks at Bill Belichick and says, Oh, he's the old guy. He's this, he's that. But Sean Payton was that guy too. And Sean Payton took a step away. And then after some time off, he became, Oh, Sean Payton's out there. We forgot about Sean Payton. And I wonder if Belichick is like that. I don't, he doesn't strike me as a guy that is now just going to retire. I think he is waiting for the right situation. I, I don't think it, it came to Raheem Morris versus, and this is no disrespect, disrespect to Raheem Morris, because by all accounts, he's going to do a very good job in Atlanta. But I think it came down to, does Bill Belichick want the job? And then if not, Raheem Morris is going to get it. And I think that's where, things kind of landed with that situation. That's just my guess. That's not with, you know, anything that I've read or that's just my take on the situation. But when you think of Bill Belichick, do you really think he's going to go to a roster that is not, you know, kind of Super Bowl ready? And I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are there. They may get there, but it's got to be a situation where Belichick goes there and this team is, you know, pretty close to winning and maybe that is a situation like Dallas or Philly hey even the Buffalo Bills if if they start (laughs) slow next year do you not think that they're going to look at this situation and go hold on a second we need to change what we're doing here and I think the Eagles and Cowboys fall into that category as well Um, I do feel like we're now at a point though where Belichick is going to take the year off and see what other jobs are available and then kind of go from there one more before we let you go, Matt. Uh, it is championship uh, weekend. We're looking forward to championship Sunday. Kansas City versus Baltimore. Uh, Detroit versus San Francisco. Who you got in both matchups? So I gave out on the show Baltimore over the Chiefs and the Lions over the Niners. Um, both spreads feel like one feels like not enough and the other feels like way too much. And that would be the Niners feels like way too much and the Ravens doesn't feel like enough, although it has kind of fluctuated. But then somebody brought this to my attention, and I'm going to take this stance on it. As much as I would love the Baltimore Ravens to get into the Super Bowl, because I think there's a little bit of fatigue with the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to get a little conspiracy theory on you here. The NFL wants Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Oh my God! They have Don't given they have given what the ref assignment to someone. Oh who my God! The record is so blatantly in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. There's the whole conspiracy about look at the Super Bowl logo for the last three years, and you can figure out who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Matt, I'll no. tell you this. I'll tell you this. No, I'm kidding about the logo thing, but that is out there. Um, yes, I know that. I I do 
Julian, I'm telling you, and I, I, I don't like to do this with sports because I, to me, sports is sacred. It's, it's away from the conspiracy theory. There are other things that there are great conspiracy theories on, but for this one, man, the Chiefs shouldn't even be here right now, but they're here and Taylor Swift is around. Taylor Swift is going to be in Las Vegas and it's not going to be because she's performing. I, I have this, there's going to be a call in that game, Julian, and you're going to text me and you're going to say, you know what? That was really, that smelled a little bit. It's going to happen. I'm going to get the message and you're going to be like, you know what? That one didn't feel right. And it's, and it's going to be a game changing play. And I know that so many people are going to message me now and be like, you are absolutely off your rocker, which is completely fine. Um, I'm rooting for the Ravens but I have a weird feeling about Taylor Swift being in a box at uh, Allegiant Stadium there in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm going to, if I see something goes down, I'm going to send you a DM and be like, I can't stand you. That's all it's going to say. Because <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. Um, at 960, I love it. At 969.60 on the text line, uh, I'm going to, uh, one thing I did tease earlier in the show uh, that I would have the text line jump in and try and get the uh, fans to jump in with this question. Uh, in light of uh, Calgary playing Chicago tomorrow and Connor Bedard not being there, I know a lot of people bought tickets for that, and some people will be very disappointed at the fact that he's not going to be available uh, because of a fractured jaw. Um, name a time, name a concert and event you were supposed to go to that got canceled or someone pulled out the last second. Someone was supposed to be there. They couldn't make it. Give me your best stories and text us at 960-960. Matt, do you have one of those stories? Okay, so I'll do the reverse, actually. I was supposed to go to a concert, and something happened with me that I couldn't go. So I was playing, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll be very quick here, but I was playing um, provincial soccer here in, in Ontario, mm-hmm. and I was 16, 15 years old, maybe 16. I think I was 15. And I was supposed to go to the Tragically Hip Canada Day concert. Oh. So you can imagine, that is pure... Canada, right? The tragically hip on Canada Day. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, and I couldn't go because I had a collapsed lung right before a soccer game. Oh. Uh, couldn't couldn't play in the game. Just feeling really weird. Um, and I had I had a, a lung issue when I was growing up. So we're like, okay, just take the day, whatever. Didn't play in the game. Got up the next morning, cold sweat. Uh, my mom's like, we're taking you to a wa- uh, an emergency clinic. So I go in. They're like do the x-ray, uh, your son's lung has collapsed. My mom's like, no, no, no. His lung on that side isn't fully formed because it's something he had growing up, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 it's collapsed. You need to go across the street to the hospital. And so I did. They tried to fix it within a couple of days. Their process didn't work, had to have surgery, ended up missing the concert, which was that weekend. And that is my missed concert story. Uh, I did, however, get to see them two times after that. So not all was lost. Um, but yeah, that would have been a lot of fun that uh well it did not happen wow well i, I hopefully are I, I wonder how our texters are going to find a way to match that story a collapsed <laughs> lung oh my god yeah. yep yeah it's the only thing i've ever bonded with eric lindros over how about that <laughs> man I, was like, I had a collapsed lung too he's like you did too and i was, I was like we're friends forever <laughs> oh man matt always a great time chopping it up with you on uh, sports that today 
Uh, I'm thank you for well, not thank you, but yeah, no, no, thank you for being comfortable enough to be vulnerable about your Bills fandom, but also setting us up for conference championship weekend. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Thanks so much, man. Matt Marchese from uh, the Fan Checkdown Show on Sportsnet. Subscribe to that show wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Sportsnet 960, our uh, Sportsnet Today show, wherever you get your podcasts because uh, we are podcasting this baby up. You can go through all the backlog of episodes throughout the week, and uh, that includes this one. We're entering the final 30 minutes, Shan of this show before we head out of here for the weekend. It's almost over. I mean, it is almost over. Excited for the weekend, but Logan's going to be... I'm just kidding. Aww. I'm just kidding. Love you, Logo. Oh, man. Love you, Logo. Uh, send in your texts at 960-960 about uh, a event or time or, or fun thing you were supposed to do that got canceled, whether it's because you got hurt or the person you were supposed to see got hurt or just couldn't make it. We'd love to hear some of those stories. They're starting to come through at 960-960. We're going to do as much as we can a, a look through the league, maybe some other storylines if we can get through it beyond that, and we will get to your texts before we wrap this show up. This is Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet today. I'm Julie McKenzie. Shan Verges is here. Cam Hughes is here. Logan Gordon is out today. He'll be back next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be going to break here. You are listening to Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? Welcome back to Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast will be taking place March 22nd at the Flames Community Arena. We're on the hunt for for our next two amateur hockey teams to join us on the ice and have their game broadcasted over the Sportsnet 960 airwaves. If you're lucky enough to take part in this epic evening, you can look forward to celebrity refs, an after party at Wild Rose Brewery, a fun intermission game for audience members and custom jerseys. Enter your team now at sportsnet.ca slash 960. The two winning teams will be chosen and contacted on February 2nd. This event is brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, serving up premium craft beer to Albertans since 1996. Whether you're looking for a finely tuned craft lager or a robust porter, they've got something for everyone. Find them around Alberta and at their tap room in the Curry Barracks. Uh, before we went to break, I asked uh, for your best stories of uh, name the time you're supposed to go to an event that got canceled, whether or if you just couldn't go to an event because of something that happened to you. Matt Marchese was great enough to tell a story of how a collapsed lung kept him from going to watch the tragically hip. That's tough. We've got a couple texts in at 960-960. Uh, send in your story. Send in your name and where you're at as well. Uh, trying to figure out where some of these are coming from here. There's one uh, legendary metal vocalist. King Diamond was supposed to play Calgary for the first time in eight, nine years. He got a hernia and had to cancel and has never been back. That must be tough when you're, you're, you're looking to see an artist. Uh, I know like the Rage Against the Machine tour from a couple years ago. Uh, they were in Ottawa. I went to go see them in Ottawa. Zach Del Rocha, the uh, lead singer, I think he broke his leg and he had to do some of his shows sitting down. They ended up, I think, canceling the rest of that tour. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing the clip of him. He broke his leg. Didn't he fall off? Something like that. Yeah, I wasn't at the show where he broke his leg. Yeah. But like, I, I was at a show not too long after where he's like he's sitting on he's sitting on a chair on stage 
and still rocking out like some of the best songs in the repertoire. Respect. Massive respect. Uh, this one here, again, please leave your name and your location here. Uh, oh, injuries. I didn't miss the event, but I got hit by a car. Woke up in the hospital. Oof. That is tough. Uh, I literally just had that here. It might have just disappeared. Here we go. From Chris in Calgary. I did miss the event, but I got hit by a car. Woke up in the hospital. They gave me a concussion protocol sheet that I didn't read. I then went to the Hitman Teddy Bear Toss game, came home and read the sheet. No loud noises, no bright lights, no big crowds. Oops. So that's actually where I wanted to go with with my story. I'll I'll jump in here. I got my, my second concussion. And this was when Drake and Future were doing the Summer 16 tour. Oh, no way. And so I went to Edmonton. It was the second event uh, at Rogers Place. Rogers Place, right? Yeah. yeah. The second event there. And um, I had a, I, you know, this was like a few weeks after I got my concussion, but it was my worst one. And I was a disaster at that concert. I don't oh, really remember a whole man. lot of it. And I just remember going back to staying at my buddy's place in Edmonton and going to bed. It, it's the loudest ringing I've ever heard in oh. my life. It was, it was like, I couldn't fall asleep. And uh, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot of that concert, but uh, do not go to concerts, especially a, a Drake concert. That was, I mean, was, from what I remember, it was fun. It was Drake and Fuge. Like, it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be live. And that was Summer 16, right? Right when they put out that, that oh, album together. Oh, man. It was, uh, what a time to be alive. Absolutely. Bro, man. So that I saw, my, I saw Drake and Future together when Nothing Was the Same came out. That's still one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Drake, Future. Party Next Door opened. Miguel opened. Janae Iko showed up for a song out of nowhere. Like, one of the best shows I've ever seen. I so just like, remember, the, oh my God. the one thing I fully remember was DVSN performing oh, before that. That was yeah. awesome. Do you and not then, call them Division? I, I, I don't know. Is that, is that how I'm supposed to do it? I think it's Division. It? I think oh, it's Division. I'm so sorry, everyone. Yeah, don't worry. No one's going to get back to you. No one's going to get mad at you about that. From Big Al in Calgary. I was in Montreal. Guy Lafleur had signed with the Rangers and it was supposed to be his first game back at the Forum. He broke his foot a game or two before and couldn't play in the game. There was still a pregame ceremony where Ranger captain Kelly Kissio gave him a Ranger jersey. A lot of disappointed fans wearing half Ranger, half Habs jerseys. Uh, from Wedley in Bridalwood, Lord Stanley was supposed to visit us in Calgary in 2004. Instead, went to Tampa. <clears throat> Oof. Do we not have like a wimp, 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 wimp? Yeah, there we go. Can we do that again? Can I do that read again? And then we got that right. Yeah. Uh, from Wedley and Bridalwood, Lord Stanley was supposed to visit us in Calgary in 2004. Went to Tampa instead. That hurts. Yeah, that does hurt. That's one of my favorite sounds. Uh, just ever that losing sound on the prices, right? One of my dreams in life is to be on the prices, right? That would be that is a good dream. That would be a great dream. I don't know what it's going to take for me to get there, but I would love to be on that show and bid one dollar, yeah, on a can of soup from I don't know what's a really good prize that they would have up there. They'd have like the grocery games yeah. and stuff, but like you know, you get like a oh, you could win this sound system. That's one show you can act like a complete fool on, and it's it's just acceptable. Like, none of the guests on there are, I don't want to call them normal, but none of the guests on there are, are just acting like civilized humans. It's the best. You, you win and you, you scream and you go and hug the guy and you, you run around for a little bit. And I, I, I think that'd be a fun show to be on. Uh, apparently, Aaron Paul was on an episode of, of The Price is Right. Yes. Oh. Look that up. Like, before he was anybody. Aaron Paul, famous from uh, Breaking, Break, Breaking Bad. Jesse Pinkman, you might know uh, his character. Uh, he was on an episode of The Price is Right. And I'm sure there's like a whole host of other 
less known celebrities, at least when they were lesser known on that show. But Aaron Paul definitely on there. That was uh, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. He was like Breaking Bad was not a thing. Yeah. Malcolm in the Middle might still have been on <laughs> when Aaron Paul was on uh, The Price is Right. Uh, as we still have time here, we'll get to more of these texts. Uh, but we do want to get to um, there's two things I want to get to before we get to more texts. Uh, I do want to spend a bit of time on that Brendan Gallagher hit on Adam Pellick in uh, yesterday's uh, Canadians Islanders game. A lot of people have noticed that hit. It was pretty brutal where Gallagher is kind of skating through the neutral zone. Pellick uh, doesn't have the puck at this point. And ultimately, uh, a big elbow comes the way of Pellick courtesy of Gallagher. And as far as we've seen, uh, the NHL Department of Safety not granting an in-person hearing for Brendan Gallagher, which me- which likely means his suspension will be five games or fewer. It's one of the more egregious hits I've seen in a while. And just when I thought the beginning of the year, maybe the DOPS was starting to become consistent. This just goes back to what we seem to know about the Department of Player Safety, where they're not. They have a giant wheel in the back of their offices Sort of like uh, the the wheel you see on Price is Right, where you're trying to spin to get it a dollar. You spin it. This is the wheel. There's the wheel. And justice served. Shan, what did you think of that hit? That was brutal. That is the, that is the epitome of... Well, this is what Department of Player Safety is, is here for, to get rid of plays like that. Adam Pellick is the one who got hit by Brendan Gallagher. Adam Pellick is six foot three, and Gallagher is really not that tall. So, for those who didn't see it, uh, Pellick skating out of the defensive end, and Gallagher comes from the right side of the ice over to the left and just smokes him with an elbow. It, it was an elbow slash forearm right to the chin of Pellick coming across his body. Pellick basically like helicoptered around because it was it was so much force put into that that it was a disgusting hit. And I, I, I firmly believe that's a hit that can get at least 10 games. And I was shocked to hear that, um, I was shocked to hear that it was maximum five games because the, he didn't have an in-person hearing. That's just, just to reiterate, that is exactly what the NHL is looking to get rid of. And you want to keep physicality in your game? That has nothing to do with, that's a disgusting play. It's a disgusting play that's not going to get the justice it should be getting. No. Well, we'll have to wait and see what uh, the actual suspension will come from that. Uh, Shan, there's one other thing I uh, want to bring up here, mm-hmm. which is sports related. It has to do with one Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> uh, do you watch the Stephen A. Smith show? I see clips of it because it's funny. It, yeah. It's pretty good. Did you see this one clip that went around today? He was asked about uh, which starter Pokemon he would pick. I think we have that clip if we could play it. At Randy underscore vision writes, which one are you taking? Okay. He's like, what, what the hell are these? These are, what are these? Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur, whatever the hell it is. Shamander Close. or the Squirtle. These are Pokemons. I guess that's what it is. I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say? Shamander. That's who I would take. Because it reminds me of me because of the forehead. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay? <laughs> this guy, man. <laughs> Not the forehead. Dog, do you have... <laughs> it's the fact that... Shamander, first Shemander. of all, 
And then, and then he's like, yeah, it's because of my forehead. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've seen. Big up to Stephen A. Smith, uh, who stood on business with the Jason Whitlock episode where he torched him. And now he continues to just put out, put out uh, great content. Love him or hate him. That is hilarious. As he, he's awesome. He's hilarious. That, that show that he runs, there's a little bit of sports talked about. There's yeah. not a whole lot. He, no. he ends up talking about women quite often. Right? Yeah, that we don't need to get into more of those topics that he gets yeah. into on, on that front because the text line might look a little different. Yeah. Um, who, would, who, would you be, who would be your starter Pokemon among the three? Well, first of all, I loved Pokemon growing up. Oh, yeah. I, I really did. Me too. I, I, I think my favorite Pokemon is Blastoise. So yes! that's, that's Squirtle. Like it's, yes! Yeah, Blastoise was my favorite. I would always run with that. I would pick Blastoise. Oh, I'd pick Squirtle. And eventually get to a Blastoise as well. Yeah. I knew. I knew you were cool. I, I actually... Oh, I'm not that cool. No, I don't know. Just you, you, At least we would have Thanks, the same Jillian. corresponding starting Pokemon. I, I Cam, played not too long ago. Yeah. Cam, yeah. Uh, which one would you pick? I'm a Charmander guy through and through. That's fine. I, mean, I always Charmander? go Firestar- Star- eh. Firestarter. Always. Yeah, you are Firestarter. Yes. yes uh, sir. Word to the Prodigy. Shut up on time. Great Flames intro song. Yes. Yes. I think the Prodigy are underrated as a... As a, a DJ group duo, that's two guys. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to more of your texts on nine sixty nine sixty. Need give me a time when uh, you were supposed to go to an event, concert, could be a game, and uh, you missed out because uh, whoever you're supposed to look at couldn't be there, or you just couldn't be there. Give us all of your stories. We're doing that in light of uh, the Chicago Calgary game tomorrow. That uh, almost 99.9% won't feature Connor Bedard, who is still nursing a fractured jaw. Uh, text us at 960-960. Leave your name and your location. John in Sylvan Lake booked center field row one seats in Seattle to watch Mike Trout and the Angels. Mike Trout got hurt, went on the IR, and didn't play the whole series. <laughs> That's one of those players that you want to see at least once in your life because of how special of a player they are. And you go and, of course, hits the IR. Yeah, that's that's a real tough one. And especially if you're trying to go watch Angels games now, you're not going to be able to watch Shohei Otani just because he signed that big money contract in Toronto. He signed that big money contract in Toronto, yeah, right? Yeah, well, he's, he's on the flight on the way there. He's on the flight? Yeah, they're, they're tracking his plane. He's on the way. But we have it? Do yeah, we have, he, do oh, we have he, the flight? Yeah, I mean, it's being... John Morosi tweeted out a, a oh, Canadian flag. Oh, so. okay, okay, okay. The it's joke fit- went too far there. I'm oh, not sorry, trying to sorry, top sorry. up Morosi. I'm not trying to top up Morosi. He's gone through enough. No, he's great. The joke is done. The joke he's, is done. The joke right, is done. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, damn, man. that's Sorry, Blue Jays fans. Uh, Brent in Southeast Calgary. I took my son to Nashville in December 2021 for his 21st birthday. Went to a Titans game and had a blast until the Flames game we were supposed to go to got postponed because of a COVID outbreak. No way. Oof, that's tough. Uh, ooh, you might want to get the, the prices right. Actually, you know what? Don't get it right for this one yet. Or I'll see how you feel about this one. From Ben in Midnapore, got James Brown tickets for Christmas one year at the, du- at the Jubilee. Died that day. <laughs> that's tough. That is awful. That is oh my tough. Goodness. I'm glad you didn't play the song. <laughs> Uh, for that one, that's James Brown, the, the Godfather of of soul. You can even say his uh, his 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 contributions have contributed to the hip hop game, but that's a whole other podcast show in itself. Uh, let's see, uh, Jason and Okotoks, we had tickets to see the Foo Fighters come to Calgary in 2022, and 
Well, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. What? What I, happened? I don't know what happened. What happened? I saw the Foo Fighters in, I saw them last summer uh, in Ottawa uh, for Blues Fest. Is that when Dave Grohl broke his leg? Is oh, that when that happened? Wait, no. Oh, no. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Is Jason referencing when uh, when the drummer passed away, Taylor Hawkins? Oh, oh no. Oh, my, oh, my oh, God. Uh. I completely forgot about that. I'm sorry. Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, that yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, jeez, there's a there's a that's a, those are two tough stories there with the James Brown and the Foo Fighters. Uh, ben from Calgary was supposed to see Aerosmith and ZZ Top at McMahon. Steven Tyler broke his hip in Winnipeg. Concert got canceled. What is Steven it with all Tyler? these? This guy's breaking uh breaking bones for coming out here. I don't know what's tougher for Steven Tyler, breaking the hip or going to Winnipeg. That's what I was gonna ask. That, that must be a Winnipeg That's a that's a Winnipeg heritage moment. Yeah. It has to be. I was about to say that's the fact probably that they the most important thing like that. Yeah, Winnipeg? Yeah. Who's going to Winnipeg? <laughs> anyway. Uh <laughs> so, sorry, Winnipeg. Sorry, Winnipeg. Uh Brett Brett in Red Deer. I went to see the Pats play in Red Deer in Bedard's draft year. He played, but didn't show up, which was like the only game he didn't show up for that season. That's too bad. That's tough. Because he absolutely lit up that league every single game except for apparently this one. Yeah. Uh, I missed out on the Connor Bedard game uh at the Saddle Dome last year. I went home because uh, you know, it's nice to go home to your family when you have the time. Uh, but he ends up scoring like the highlight of the year of the WHL uh, in that game. I, I will see that goal forever. That's a goal that you're going to see on every Connor Bedard highlight tape because it was unbelievable. Yeah, but like it'd be nice to have that on your phone. Yeah, that's true. Matt and Cochran. Uh, I was going to go to an Okotoks. Uh, ooh, I, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to read this one. <laughs> For something going on with the Junior I Hockey Association. I don't think I, it's that bad. I, they, I was going to go to an Okotoks Oilers game, but then they got caught creeping with the Junior Hockey Association next door. Yeah. Well, what, the BCHL. They're taking okay. uh, five of the top teams from right. the AJHL. Sup- supposedly. Right. Supposedly. Okay. I just want to make sure that it wasn't anything more than that. Yeah. Oh, damn. This is tough. Uh, I was supposed to listen to, listen to Logan Gordon today, but he is off. <laughs> This is Wedley and Bridalwood. Poor Wedley. <laughs> He's Sorry in Bel Air. He's fine. He's going to be okay. Um, from Dennis in Calgary, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, 1986 canceled concert in Calgary. Never got to see Ozzy until uh, Metallica until 1996. Oof. It's kind of a little bit confusing with the dates. Until 1996, Metallica. Ni- no, sorry. He didn't get to see Ozzy until 1996. Yeah. And he didn't go get to see Metallica until 1989. Now I get you. Yeah. English is hard. I uh, I, got, I got one more to throw out. This was, and this actually. Yeah, go ahead. Right with, uh, I'll go with Roger and Okotoks. Went to Toronto to saw the Jays beat the Tigers on Friday night. Went to Niagara Falls Saturday and missed a Verlander no-hitter. I remember that game. Ooh. Um, and that, that segue is perfect for my, my next one. My, this is my parents' story, but yeah. they were in San Francisco, and I believe this was 2013. So mm-hmm. my favorite player is Tim Linscombe of all time. The, the, that guy is unbelievable. The freak. Yeah, the freak. And they, I tried to tell them to go to a, a Giants game, and they were about to go. They almost had the tickets, and they said, like, ah, we'll just go to a bar instead. There's a cool bar there. So they went, and that was, the, that was Tim Linscombe's first, uh, first or I think his second no-hitter. Oh, you missed so, the no-hitter? Yeah, they missed the no-hitter and oh, instead went to a bar. And I was man. I will never forgive them for that because I, I wanted videos of that. Oh, man, that sucks. Uh, do we have time for one more? We have, Bef- to, get, we have to get cams, don't we? 
Cam, do you have one? Uh, I got I got two honorable mentions. I've been pretty lucky with my events. Uh, I went to see the weekend when he performed at BC Place in in Vancouver, uh, twenty twenty two. Doja Cat was supposed to open for him. She pulled out the last minute. Was kind of excited to see Doja Cat, but mm. got to see Kachanod instead. Absolutely thrilled about that. Um, my other mention is when the Raptors came to Calgary, they played the Saddle Dome in, I think, 2016. I went there. I bought this nice blacked-out DeMar DeRozan jersey, fresh off the boards, and he played, like, eight minutes. And I saw Chris Boucher, and uh, two years away from being two years away, Bruno Caboclo played for, like, 35 minutes. The legend. The legend, Bruno! Was Was that the game where Norman Powell missed the... Game-winning shot. I think that's when it was. I don't know. I did see Jamal Murray play 17 minutes, though. That was pretty nice. That's cool. Uh, I was supposed to... Well, I really wanted to go see uh, the Watch the Throne tour back in 2011. And, like, I had, like I was a college kid at the time. I know friends were going, like, all over. And, like, I just did not have the money. And it wasn't until after the fact where one of my good buddies back home was like, I had tickets. Like, I was able to... I would have given you some if you would have wanted. And I'm... I've gotten through my anger issues with that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Very true. Um, let's see if we could just go back on the line for one last one here. Uh, let's pick the one from uh, Jay and Red Deer. I had tickets back in the day to see the Anger Management Tour with Eminem, Limp Biscuit, Papa Roach, and DMX in Vancouver. Oh, my. Fred Durst strained his voice in Seattle the night before and canceled the whole show. No, the whole show? The whole show? Oh, that's awful. No disrespect, but like... Fred Durst, you know, hey, look, Limp Bizkit had their moment in the early 2000s, but, like, I can't see DMX? Damn. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for everyone texting in their biggest uh, missed live experiences, uh, or whether it's a concert, whether it's just any other random event. Appreciate it on 960, 960. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960. The fan had to do the show solo dolo because, again, Logan Gordon out because he... Got in one little fight, and his mom got scared, and he moved with in with his uncle and auntie in Bel Air. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's pretty good. I'm Julian McKenzie. Big special thank you to to Shan Virgie, and big special thank you to Cameron Hughes uh, as well for their help for today's show. We'll be back next week. Logo will be back. I will take next week off, so I'll find my way back on the show the week after. Enjoy your weekend. You are listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan.